the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Beercast and it's on AM 970 The Answer. Got a fantastic show for you tonight. Craft Beer guests, news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very simple. It's easy on Twitter at Al Gatulo. Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T T U L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beercast and via email at Albert NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beercast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. I'm sorry, the little Queensryche in the background, a little breaking the silence from Operation Mindcrime. I am stoked beyond anything because next Thursday uh, I will be over at the Bergen Pack to see Queensryche. They are coming into New Jersey, and uh, we'll be playing a show there. It's uh, not Jeff Tate anymore. He's no longer the lead singer. Uh, it is uh, Todd Delatore is the uh, lead singer. I believe he was in a Queensryche cover band when they found this guy, and... Uh, very excited to see them. It's been a long time since uh, I've seen the band uh, assembled, so uh, very excited for that. Uh, one of my favorite albums, uh, metal albums of all time, uh, Operation Mindcrime. It got me through a lot of uh, angst and pain uh, in the mid-'80s, so uh, good stuff from those guys, and can't wait to see them uh, next Thursday. We'll have a little bit of a review on next week's program on how the concert went. But our guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast, uh, first up, Chuck Williamson. He's the owner-operator of Butternuts Beer and Ale. It's just down the road from Cooperstown in Garrettsville, New York. Now, if you're an Anthrax fan, you probably know their recent pale ale that came out around April of this year. Chuck was a lot of fun. You'll get a chance to hear that uh, in about 10 minutes. At the bottom of the hour, Jeff Fegley, the co-owner of Fegley's Brew Works, will come on board. Uh, These guys have a great brew pub. Two locations, one in downtown Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the other in Allentown, PA. And and really a story of how a small business over the last 20 years stayed in business and thrived when you had all of this ep- uh, economic upheaval uh, over the last 20 or so years. It's a great story uh, from Jeff. And Chuck's story is, uh, is very interesting as well. You definitely want to stay tuned uh, for both. Uh, Jeff's interview comes up in about 20 minutes from now. But there is a lot of news to get to tonight on the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. It's amazing. Early in the week, I'm thinking, wow, there is just nothing going on. Gonna, you know, talk about some beers and this and that. And then all of a sudden on Thursday, it was like, boom. Uh, here's, here's some news. Here's some uh, mergers and acquisitions, and it's just unbelievable. So if you don't know, and now you're going to know, uh, Constellation Brands, which owns Corona, which also owns uh, Modelo, a bunch of other uh, you know uh, Mexican beers, uh, has purchased Funky Buddha Brewery. Uh, they bought Ballast Point last year, or was it the year before, I think, for a billion dollars. Terms were not disclosed on this one, but Funky Buddha, one of the fastest-growing craft breweries in Florida. Uh, they have an award-winning uh, Florida, uh, a Floridian Hefeweizen and a Hopgun IPA. Uh, Funky Buddha has been acquired by Constellation uh, Craft and Specialty Beer Group in their beer division. Uh, Funky Buddha, of course, founded in 2010 in Boca Raton. Um, by husband and wife Ryan and Gianni Sense. Uh, 
Funky Buddha has just exploded in Florida. They're not distributed uh, in and around the uh, metro area. Uh, I actually had a, a listener of the Joe Piscopo show, uh, Bridget, who sent me some of those beers about a year ago for my birthday. And fantastic double IPA, real good stuff. And um, got turned on by a couple of the different beers. We interviewed one of their uh, PR guys uh, about six months ago. He sent me a bunch of stuff as well, uh, which I think I still have one bottle that I haven't opened yet. I have to check that out. But anyway, um, Funky Buddha Brewery uh, has a 54,000-square-foot uh, micro uh, tap room. Uh, they they have just an enormous business. They're doing great work. And um, now uh, they have been acquired by Constellation. And it's interesting this is one that if you look on the Internet, there are a lot of people who are upset by this uh, acquisition. There are some people who are very encouraged because now uh, their beers can be you know, brought into the New York City metro area and in other places around the country. And I think that's part of the reason why they made this move. This is just my opinion. But I think it's part of the reason why they made the move because I think they want to expand. And maybe they don't want to have the cash flow out there uh, in expanding because it is a pricey uh, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, venture to get into. And Constellation helps them. Now, Constellation has been acquiring, you know, a, a few different breweries, but not into the realm of what AB InBev has been doing, with just buying everyone in sight that they feel is competition. Constellation has been much more measured in their approach. They've only per- really purchased Ballast Point and now Funky Buddha. So it's interesting to see what will happen with this. There are going to be those purists who are going to say, well, they sold out the big beer. We're done. We're not. I'm not drinking them ever again. I understand that. Totally get it. And then there are others who have liked their beer and said, you know what, I'm going to continue to support them and I'm going to continue to support the Funky Buddha brand as well as Ballast Point. I really haven't had too many Ballast Point beers since Constellation bought them. Uh, I liked some of their stuff. Some of their stuff kind of went by the wayside with me. Um, But Funky Buddha I actually like. I'm encouraged by the fact that they're coming into the New York City metro area uh, very soon. I'm happy that I'm going to be able to uh, drink some of their beers. So I'm on the fence on this one. I understand probably the reasons why they did it. Again, the terms weren't disclosed. I'm sure it wasn't for a billion dollars. Um, I mean, realistically, two hundred million, three hundred million, maybe. I-, I could see that. I could very easily see that. I could see a, a lesser number too. Who knows? Um, but uh, this is an interesting one. But again, I-, I think this is one where, and I've said this before about the Blue Point breweries and Elysians and whatever. If you like the beer, you're going to continue to support the beer. If you are a local purist and only want local, fresh, non. Uh, big beer, you're going to continue to drink those local things. I'm not going to change you. Nobody's going to change you. And that's fine. There's enough styles. There's enough beers out there for everybody. Uh, I understand the small business owner, brewer, uh, brewer, who says this is a threat to us. Maybe it is. But again, if you keep producing great product and you've got people that are coming in the door, banging down your door to try and uh, to buy your beer, you're going to be just fine. If you're the type of brewer who's hurting for business and looking for alternatives to change the game, then you might be in trouble a little bit. And on that, I mean, I can't help you. But I think this is more of a trend that we're seeing, these mid-level brewers that are starting to, you know, uh, come around and starting to explode, and they're starting to merge with big beer. Maybe they're grabbing the paycheck. Maybe not. Funky Buddha was doing a, a tremendous job on Thursday, making sure that people who tweeted or, you know, or commented them, getting back to them, saying we're still going to be producing the same great beer, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, it remains to be seen what will happen. Uh, this... Is not a surprising acquisition for me. Um, will I continue to support Funky Buddha? Probably. Uh, you know, if they're in the area, in the metro area, they come in, in in this area, I will probably purchase, you know, a bottle or two of their beer. If they have it on draft at a bar, I'll probably get, you know, get one. Is it going to be my sole beer for the rest of my life? No. 
this is why I enjoy variety. I like to try different things. As we continue on our news and notes segment here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So Blue Point, speaking of Blue Point, they are releasing this Monday because they've, they've called here in New York, if you haven't heard, it's the summer of hell. They're doing a lot of repairs on the uh, subway tracks, the Long Island Railroad, uh, New Jersey Transit, the MTA. Blue Point has come out with a beer uh, called, uh, what is it here? I forgot the name of this again. It is um, a new beer exclusively. In, it's only available inside of Penn Station. It's called Delayed, which is in honor of whatever train that you're taking uh, to you know in Penn Station to get home. They're going to have it at Penn Station Shake Shack this coming Monday. You'll be able to try it there, and it's only going to be available in Penn Station. It's a Pilsner, so uh, if you're in uh, Penn Station, you want to check it out, and you want to give Big Beer a little bit of your money, go right ahead. It's called Delayed. It's a Pilsner. I'm encouraged. I'm looking forward to trying it and see how it tastes. And then uh, there's a new brewery opening up in New Jersey. It's in the late fall. It's going to be located in Denville, New Jersey, off of Route 10. Uh, three brothers, Thomas James and Andrew Aslanen, uh, will be bringing Fort Nonsense Brewing to Morris County and the surrounding areas. Fort Nonsense, for those of you unfamiliar with Jersey history, it's on a hill 600 feet above sea level, overlooks the center of Morristown. On a clear day, you can see the Manhattan skyline. Fort Nonsense used by uh, General George Washington during the Revolutionary War to defend the town. Owners looking to do a red, white, and blue theme to the building. They are renting if all goes well. Uh, with construction, the plan is to be open by Thanksgiving. A five-barrel brewing system. Guys are hoping to use a lot of local ingredients. Tasting room is going to have five to eight beers at a time, some one-offs. Um, and they have said different flavors in some of the beers that you don't normally see in beer. Uh, an amber ale, porter, and IPA will start. The brothers want to let customers decide what beers are on tap. Interesting. Um, you can track their progress on Facebook at Fort Nonsense Brewing Company, Instagram uh, at Fort Nonsense Brewing, or on Twitter at FT Nonsense Brew. So good luck to those guys. Another Jersey brewery coming into town. Yazoo Brewing Company uh, is coming out at 2 o'clock Central Time on August 18th in their tap room in Nashville, Tennessee. A bottle release of space and time and a custom handmade blown glass to celebrate the upcoming solar eclipse over Nashville. I think the, the eclipse is on the 21st of August. And uh, they're going to have this uh, wild blonde ale aged on star fruit, blue, uh, brewed with 12 different celestial hop varieties. Apparently in Nashville, Tennessee is the best place where you're going to be able to see this eclipse, a total solar eclipse uh, coming up, uh, I believe it's August 21st. So uh, very cool. They have this cool black glass that, you know, you're going to pour the beer in or whatever. So uh, some interesting stuff from Yazoo. Very cool. And finally, uh, last bit of news here before we take a break. New Belgium has uh, partnering with Dick Cantwell. Uh, and uh, uh, to acquire Magnolia Brewing Company out of San Francisco. Now, for those of you who are aware, Dick Cantwell used to be with Elysian. Uh, he was very upset when the merger went through with Elysian and AB InBev ended up leaving the company. So now uh, they are uh, New Belgium is partnering up uh, with him and with uh, Magnolia Brewing uh, to get back in the beer business. They have uh, agreed to a $2.7 million asset purchase. Um, it came, the purchase came to agreement after Magnolia had spent five months marketing the business to more than 100 potential buyers. So Magnolia will now be under New Belgium's umbrella. Uh, People are excited about this. Obviously, New Belgium is still uh, privately owned, or uh, I think it's ownership owned, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, good news there. Good news all the way around in in, in beer news. And, folks, when we come back after a short break, Chuck Williamson, he's the owner-operator of Butternuts Beer, is going to join me. We're just getting started on this program that focuses on that delicious beverage, and it's made with barley and hops. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. 
Hi, this is Bill Martinez. Join us as the conversation continues about immigration, about our health care system. It's all about us. It's all about the truth, wherever it leads. Bill Martinez live Monday mornings at 12 a.m. on AM 970. The answer. It was a moment 15 years in the making. The eyes of the nation watched on a day dedicated to two teams and one game. It's Army and Navy for the 117th time. And then it happened. The streak is going to come to an end. Ari defeats Navy by the final score of 21-17. What stories will unfold this year? The excitement of Black Knights football begins September 1st on our sister station, AM 570 WMCA. Hi, this is Michael Riedel of the New York Post. Now, don't miss my show every Saturday morning at 9 on the town. It's brought to you by Hello, Dolly, winner of four Tony Awards, including Best Revival of a Musical and Best Actress in a Musical, the great Bette Midler. Tickets at HelloDollyOnBroadway.com. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com. This is Ray Zardetto for the New Jersey Chamber of Commerce. 2017 is the centennial anniversary of Fort Dix, one of the most iconic military installations in the United States. And this is Paul Rotella of the New Jersey Broadcasters Association. Fort Dix is now part of Joint Base McGuire-Dix-Lakehurst, the only military base in the United States jointly run by the Air Force, Army, and Navy. The Air Force component of the base is McGuire Air Force Base, named in honor of Ridgewood, New Jersey native Thomas McGuire. Major McGuire was a World War II fighter pilot. He shot down the second most enemy plane during the war in the Pacific. He was killed in action in 1945 and awarded the Medal of Honor posthumously. For more information about the Joint Base's contributions, go to njchamber.com. The Fort Dix Centennial is a perfect time to remember the men and women of the armed forces and what they've contributed to New Jersey. This is Gary Gelman of Gelman Images. Gelman Images proudly sponsors this message along with the New Jersey Chamber of Commerce, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. It's Dennis Prager at 1, Michael Medved at 3. Weekdays on AM 970. The answer. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert G and NYCRadio.com. Don't forget, Google Play and iTunes. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every single Craft Beer Cast right from there. A little anthrax caught in a mosh. And there's a reason why we're playing a little anthrax here. My guest on the cast, he's the owner and brewer for Butternuts Beer and Ale out of Garrettsville, New York. Well, where's that? It's a 120-acre dairy farm just outside of Cooperstown. They're creating no-nonsense beers with a flair and style all his own. If you're heading up to the Baseball Hall of Fame or anywhere in that area in central New York, you got to check them out. ButternutsBeerAndAle.com is the website for more information. A very cool website, I might add. Let me welcome in Chuck Williamson to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Chuck, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. You got it. Now, Chuck, how did you get started brewing beer? Um, I actually, you know, started as a home brewer, but I did that back in probably 1990. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I just had, you know, just a f- interest in uh, beer, just really from uh, 
having an interest in drinking beer. <laughs> and and how did it how did it evolve? Obviously, into creating your your brewery, and then go and going to a, a farm in Central New York. How did that whole process happen? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it happened over a course of many years. Um, you know, I had been home brewing probably for two or three years. I, I would say at least three years um, before I really started having any sense of the potential that it could be a commercial, uh, you know, prospect. I was fortunate enough where I was um, hired as an assistant brewer uh, in 94 um, based on my, you know, just interest in brewing. I kind of uh, got wind of this brewery opening up and nagged the head brewer to the point where he just said, yeah, you can come in as my assistant. Um, and I just was able to, to work my way up through the, through the ranks just uh, by, you know, uh, just by working and um, being involved in the industry. So. And Chuck, what's a typical day for you like at the brewery? Well, I mean, things are certainly a lot different now than they were if I was just being a brewer. Um, I mean, for the most part, running a, a small business, you know, it was uh, a lot of administrative work, a lot of management, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, I do involve myself in the brewing process, so I am part of, you know, uh, a brew shift or a process shift, package shift. I kind of, you know, end up filling in the blanks mm-hmm. uh, as needed. But, you know, for the most part, it's, uh, you know, it starts the day off with, you know, checking emails, responding to people's inquiries, uh, dealing with administrative stuff. Um, you know, during the week, we'll uh, go through our production schedule that, you know, usually I set up usually four to six weeks in advance, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, just kind of get, keep things moving. I mean, the biggest thing is making sure beer goes out the front door onto a truck so I can keep billing for that and that, stay that, in business. And that's that's the way to do it. Talking with Chuck Williamson, owner of Butternuts Beer and Ale out of Garrettsville, New York. They're right just, uh, just a little bit outside of Cooperstown. ButternutsBeerAndAle.com, the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And, and why that location uh, on this farm did you pick for, for your brewery? You could have picked anywhere, obviously, in New York. Right. Why there? Well, I, part of it was certainly uh, the cost of, uh, of uh, buying a piece of property mm-hmm. and, and developing it. I mean, that was really a big factor. So I am uh, originate from Queens, New York. So mm-hmm. I grew up uh, in Queens, um, did some brewing in Long Island, did some brewing uh, uh, through Manhattan. Um, and really uh, a major catalyst for, for moving in this direction was uh, post-September 11th. Um, at the time, uh, I was doing some work down in Brooklyn, uh, specifically down in the Red Hook area. Okay. Uh, I did some warehousing down there. I was handling uh, some uh, grain commodities, and uh, we kind of got locked out of that area. Uh, if you can recall, sure. you know, that zone there was mm-hmm. more or less the, the, the main destruction zone, and um, couldn't really move. You couldn't really go around the city and do anything for a, for a while, and it just you know started to make me realize, hey, you know, if I'm going to continue to you know put all my eggs in this basket where this is, you know, my livelihood, what, you know, what, what are some of the restrictions I'm up against? And, you know, there was always the intrigue of doing a farm brewery in the back of my mind. Um, and it kind of just all came together and said, why don't we just take a look and see what it would take to do something like that. So, uh, I had a former uh, business partner at the time. Um, we were working on the project together and uh, we just said, Hey, let's just start looking at the farm property, see what it's like, see what's going on. And, you know, we started looking in Westchester and, in Sullivan County and realized there's no way we're going to afford to do anything like that. And we just kept going north and north and north. And eventually we kind of settled on central New York. There's a, uh, you know, a lot of reasons we were looking to set up a production brewery, um, you know, at the time in 2002, 2003 mm-hmm. on premise, uh, consumption was not very popular. The licensing was very different. Sure. Um, so we had to look into, you know, an infrastructure that had access, access to roadways, um, distance to, you know, major city centers, um, you know the the actual property itself, what features it had, water features, building features, uh, that sort of thing. So we were not at the time thinking so much about 
how to attract people on-premise. I mean, if people were interested, they'd always probably want to find us, but we didn't set the business up originally to, to, to uh, consider, you know, volume on-premise business. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things I think that we really just happened to come upon was, you know, the success of the canning. Um, we, start, we went right into cans, so right. we never did bottling. Um, one of the reasons is we, you know, got wind of the cast canning system, the inline compact system, and it, you know, really was going to fit well into our, you know, space that we had. We have major space constraints. I mean, when you put a brewery in a barn that has a, you know, a seven-foot ceiling, um, you've got some serious space constraints. Sure. Um, you know, and that really hit it off for us. I mean, we, we did our first package run uh, late 90, uh, sorry, late uh, 2005. And uh, by spring of 2006, I think we had six or eight distributors in, in a handful of states already uh, picking up our beer and moving with it. So, you know, things kind of caught on fast for us at the time. Um, and, you know, we're a small brewery, so we've never really done a lot of beer. I mean, we've probably uh, only produced about 5,000 barrels of our own brand of beer. Um, but, you know, things are obviously changing now. The market's becoming uh, a lot tighter, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing the squeeze um, so, you know, we just got to kind of roll with those punches. Well, I'm going to get into that in a minute with you. We're talking with Chuck Williamson, the owner of Butternuts Beer and Ale out of Garrettsville, New York, just outside of Cooperstown. Butternutsbeerandale.com is the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I want to talk about the beer that you collaborated with Anthrax, Wardance Pale Ale. How did that all come together? Was the band a fan of your beers? Well, so kind of goes back a few years. I do this house beer for this bar, Daddio, in uh, the West Village on uh, Thompson and Leroy. I've been doing it for years. Um, and the owner there, Phil, uh, is uh, good friends with Joey Belladonna. Uh, Joey, actually, when he wasn't in Anthrax for a while, played in a band that Phil's cousin uh, was part of. Oh, cool. So they became very friendly. And then when uh, Joey got back into the band and they started playing, um, uh, Phil ended up meeting the rest of the band members and from time to time, if they were in town, they'd all go there, have a beer, and uh, hang out and stuff. And um, when Scott was putting out his biography, um, he just he was doing a book signing down in the West Village somewhere, and Phil had mentioned, hey, you know, I can get you some beer for your book signing, and uh, asked me if I wanted to donate some pork slap. I said, yeah, sure, that would be cool, man, you know, Scotty and drinking pork slap, as sure. book signing, why not? Didn't think anything of it, and that was the end of it. So I was like, oh, that's that. And like six months later, I get this email from Phil like, hey, how about, would you be interested in making an anthrax beer? I was like, well, yeah, we could certainly uh, work on something like that. So it was kind of a mutual friend kind of connected us. And Scott, I mean, the band themselves are, you know, uh, they're craft beer drinkers. I mean, they travel the world. They're right. always uh, in, in different parts of uh, the world drinking beers from all over. And so they have a, a pretty good sense of what uh, good beer is. Um, plus, I mean, Scott's living out in California, so he's completely inundated with craft beer out there. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so I think between just the popularity of the band starting to connect with the beers and, you know, their interest in craft beer and that connection really all came together. And, um, you know, it's just... It really kind of worked out nice. I, so. I got to tell you, Chuck, I had the beer. Uh, I was down at the Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest back in uh, in April, and I had oh, a okay. chance to to taste it. It's delicious. It's great. And I love the fact that it's, you know, it's a metal beer. That's how right. I kind of look at it, which <laughs> is very cool. Uh, we're talking with Chuck Williamson, the owner of Butternuts Beer and Ale out of Garrettsville, New York. Butternutsbeerandale.com, the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And, you know, you touched on it a little while ago, uh, Chuck, about how the business of craft beer is becoming, you know, a little more... There's a bit of a squeeze here. We're seeing a lot of small breweries, you know, getting squeezed out with with all the competition and the big names that are buying all these different craft breweries. 
Are we seeing another craft beer bubble? Do you think the market, or, or do you think the market can sustain itself at its current rate of expansion? Yeah, I don't think there's a bubble. You know, uh, when you have a bubble, there's a false market. I mean, there's a real market underlying this mm-hmm. whole thing. I mean, people uh, every day are you know understanding the values of craft beer and moving in that direction. So I, I, I think that there is, uh, uh, you know, there there is a market. It's just you know what happens is, and it, this is not a finger pointing thing, but you have a three tier system. You know, and the, and the second tier being the distributors. I mean, they're they, they're certainly, you know, concerned about their customer base uh, being the breweries, um, and they want to service them. But at the end of the day, you know, they're about distribution and about revenue. So they're going to really focus on the things that are really making them the money. They're not going to they're not going to just you know sell a local beer because uh, you know they have this great you know heartfelt uh, concern about a local market. Um, so it, it becomes very challenging in that um, in that off-premise, on-premise, off-premise space where, you know, small breweries are, are – it's very hard for them to compete because they don't have the capital and they're just not going to have the physical volume of beer to influence enough of a market to say, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're the go-to beers kind of thing. So it's really up to the consumer at the end of the day to decide really – what is important to them and, uh, you know, what they understand craft to be and, and, and what they want to support. I mean, you, you, you are literally supporting it with your dollar. Um, you know, I think the go local thing is great. Um, you know, it's, it's getting to the point where terms like hyper-local are happening. Right. But, you know, when you talk about um, retail space uh, and you talk about on-premise sales, I mean, it's two different markets. The smaller breweries that are opening up, especially in, uh, you know, highly populated areas, you know, they are better off going with that on-premise uh, sales. I mean, they're going to get a much higher margin. They're going to be in control of their beer. The story is going to be told, uh, you know, the true way, the, the exact way that it needs to be told to the consumer. The consumer will embrace that brand a lot better. You know, when you go into the open market, you go walk into a store, and there's a thousand brands. Um, you know, the story's told on a label, and uh, if your label and your if your beer's on the bottom shelf and you know, you don't have a lot of social media and you don't have a good uh, marketing presence. You know, what's your storyline? What's people's decision? You know, they're going to reach out straight in front of them, that uh, four-and-a-half, five-foot uh, point, and grab the beer that's there because that's going to seem to make the most sense to them. So, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. tight, but, you know, markets are markets. Uh, sales are sales. You know, it's, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, you gotta, you got to compete and you got to hope that you can get your message out there and do what you got to do. I mean, you know, on the, on the flip side of that, you know, it's, it's also from the business point of view, the brewery itself, you know, depending on how leveraged that brewery is, is going to depend on how desperate they're going to be uh, to, to get that sale out of sure. me. You know, if you're in a good position uh, financially um, and you're not stressed to have to chase your tail to get that beer sold, I, I think that's really, that's really where you want to be as a business because, you, you know, to, to be able to build those sales passively, to be able to really, you know, embrace a core customer group and just service them and not have to worry about the next you know, the next and the next and the next, just keep that dollar flowing. You, that's really where you're going to be in a great position. So that, you know, that a lot of that, as far as, you know, trying to sell that beer, it's the onus isn't on any one, uh, you know, market or any one uh, entity. I think it's, I think it's a collaborative thing. And, um, you know, there, you know, people will go out of business, uh, but more breweries will come into business. Uh, large, you know, groups will invest in brands to try and capitalize on the revenue, but that's, you know, that's the, that's the way it goes. And, and Chuck, my last question for me, we're talking with Chuck Williamson, the owner of Butternuts Beer and Ale out of Garrettsville, New York. What's the next brew that Butternuts is going to be coming out with over the next few months? Well, this month, so this, for August, we did a strawberry rhubarb saison. It's going to be a New York-based beer. Um, so we're only looking to get it out to the New York market. Right. Um, and it, I just did one batch, so it's not going to be a lot. 
Um, later on, probably in the fourth quarter, I have a um, double IPA that we've done that we age for a while that we'll probably do a series of cans and draft. And, you know, I just I, I usually have a bunch of different beers that I serve in the tasting room that I may or may not ever put out into the marketplace. Um, but, you know, our, our core focus is going to be our flagship brands. We want to continue to, you know, show the show the consumers that, you know, these are very quality beers and they're the go, you know, they're, they're, they're returnable beers. You don't, you don't have to just have one and done. I mean, I know there's a lot of, you know, what's the next new thing hype. Right. But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, Brewery's Prowess, I think, is in their flagship beer. And if you like that, uh, if, you, if you can connect to that uh, and enjoy that, that's that's really the, the relationship that a brewery wants with the consumer. And I think that's really where the consumer's um, comfort zone is going to be. Well, certainly you've had great success with it since 2005 with the cans, with the beers, the pork slab, with the anthrax beer, with all of the beers that you put out. And uh, I have to say, very impressed. Talking with Chuck Wilson Williamson, he's been my guest here, owner of Butternuts Beer and Ale out of Garrettsville, New York, just outside of Cooperstown. Butternutsbeerandale.com is the website for more information, directions to the brewery, all that good stuff. Chuck, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Al. I appreciate it. You got it. When we come back, Jeff Fegley, the co-owner of Fegley's Brew Works out of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, will join me. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. AM 97, The Answer. Man, if you're not checking out Stone Sour and their new album, Hydrograd, you are out of your mind. If you like heavy metal, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Dio, Black Sabbath, this is the band for you. Stone Sour, awesome, good stuff. And there's a reason why I played this. I'll get to that in just a second. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email at albert, G at nycradio.com. Don't forget, Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can check out and listen to every single uh, Craft Beer Cast right from there. The reason why I played Stone Sour is because coming up in just a couple of months, I believe it's October, they're going to be playing over in Bethlehem uh, at the Sands Casino in Bethlehem, New Jersey. Uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, excuse me, New Jersey. Listen to me. Uh, right off of Route 78. It's a great casino, great venue to watch concerts. But you want to go get something to eat and drink really good craft beer, and it's only a few minutes down the road. Well, my next guest on the cast, he is the co-owner of a brewery with two locations. One's located in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. The other one I've been to a number of times. Uh, the second uh, is in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and their slogan, family-run, urban-made, and fiercely independent since 1998. It's a great slogan, and there's a reason why. The Brewworks.com is the website for more info. Let me welcome in Jeff Fegley to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Jeff, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. Now, Jeff, your family founded the Brew Works back in 1998. We're almost 20 years later. You're still pumping away great beers, excellent food, and good cheer. But 20 years ago, things weren't so great in Bethlehem economically, with the steelworks shutting down, businesses closing left and right. What made it the right time for your family to open a brewery in downtown Bethlehem? So the time really uh, came around my uh, graduating from Lehigh University. So we had got to know the the, uh, area through me going to college here. And, um, you know, we, we liked the whole idea that it was urban downtown. Uh, they had this amazing festival called Music Fest, which mm-hmm. had been going on for years prior, since the early 80s, or I guess it was mid-80s. And, uh, you know, we could just see that it was, it was dying to have something new, fresh, you know, exciting to change because it was a steel town and had just, you know, basically lost its industry. And it was really just dribs and drabs of steel that was still coming out. 
uh, when we first opened in 1998. But, you know, for the most part, it was us against the naysayers saying, you know, Bethlehem will never re- revitalize in the historic downtown. And, and we helped, uh, we were, I think we helped, you know, bring it back. And I think we, um, we saw this resurgence that we happened to just time it right with craft beer. I well, think we really hit, hit it right. And you've certainly done that in revitalizing the area, but was it always a choice to build a brew pub to start rather than just a brewery? It was not. So the, the funny story is uh, my brother, Rich, who was the uh, original you know, guy that thought of the, the concept, he was uh, a Drexel graduate and, a, and an avid home brewer. He had brewed, home brewed uh, for 10 years. I think he started right, before, right, right when he got to Drexel as a hobby. And, uh, you know, after he got into the pharmaceutical business and worked for some of the big-name pharmaceuticals, about 10 years later, he, I think he realized, well, you know, if you, do I go back to school for a doctorate or do I do branch off and, and uh, do something on my own? And sure enough, he, uh, you know, he, he pushed the family to, to do this. And, and we, we went from hobby to, well, let me, let me open a homebrew supply store. So he thought he, thought he was going to just you know, do a business model based on supplies for homebrewing. But then um, he, you know, thought more and more, did the business plan, and said, you know, why don't we just actually make beer for sale? And uh, it, it developed into this this brew pub concept. Very cool. We're talking with Jeff Fegley. He's one of the co-owners of Fegley's Brew Works. Uh, they've got two locations, one in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, another in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And, of course, it's beer, food as well. They do a great job over there. The Brewworks.com is the website for more information. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. And then, Jeff, a few years into the business in Bethlehem, your family makes the decision to open up another brew pub in Allentown in 2007. Then the housing crisis hits the following year. You're struggling again. Are you thinking to yourself, oh, my God, here we go again. We're, you know, we're having all these issues. Or we've toughed this out once before. We can do it again. Yeah, so that that's kind of where we were. We we were at this point where we had um, we we felt comfortable that we'd established ourselves in downtown Bethlehem, and and our our motto was urban core, being somewhere in a in a downtown and also a place that was revitalizing. So we looked to, to Allentown, which was our our neighboring city here, and we thought, you know what, we, we've got uh, we've got to know how to you know how to do it, and we're gonna we're gonna tackle it. Uh, but sure enough, when we opened in in two thousand. Uh, 2007 over in Allentown, yes, you did have this sort of economical downturn, which was kind of horrible for us to see. But you know what? We just stuck to doing what we do do best, which is brew great craft beer and have great restaurant and food. And uh, we developed, a, you know, a, a solid urban core following that has uh, continued to this day 10 years later. And, you know, Jeff, you guys have brewed some great beers, won a lot of medals, uh, which is, you know, which is great for a, for a brewery that has two locations. And you guys are distributing. You've got a little bit of a footprint uh, in and around the area. But what are some of the beers in the next few months uh, that will be available from Fegley's? So the newest release coming up we're going to do is our Cloudy, Cloudy Stuff, which is a Northeast IPA. That'll be on tap at select uh, bars and restaurants around the area, okay. uh, as well as, uh, of course, in our two brew pub locations. Mm-hmm. Um, the hot cellars right now, this time of season, with the hot, humid weather, is, is definitely going to be our Blueberry Belch, uh, which is a nice, fruity blueberry beer. Um, our Hop Explosion, and, uh, of course, our Space Monkey, which is a raspberry saison. Again, great for the the warm weather sipping by the pool and, and and folks for those of you who are you know you listen you hear blueberry beer and you go no trust me try the blueberry one it is fantastic fresh blueberries it's excellent it really is refreshing um you'd be surprised when you, you mix blueberry with beer it actually comes out uh really really good and the guys who do it best uh like fegley's brew works 
do a really great job with it. We're talking with Jeff Fegley, the co-owner of Fegley's Brew Works. They've got two locations, one in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. The other one is in Allentown, uh, Pennsylvania. Great brew pubs, great food, great beer as well. Thebrewworks.com is the website for more information here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Jeff, I mentioned um, you, you started bottling your beer. You've been distributing it to a number of places. Was it difficult to get your beer into bars around Pennsylvania and out of state when you started? So, so yes, the answer would be yes. Uh, when we first opened, and first, uh, sorry, not when we first opened, when we first started bottling, we actually worked with one of our uh, our neighbors, Weyerbacher Brewing, who mm-hmm. had been bottling for a couple of years prior to us. And uh, they made our initial batches of the pumpkin ale and our Rudolph's Reserve Christmas beer. And we sort of dabbled in that for a few years, and then um, we then Weyerbacher expanded. They stopped uh, doing that uh, work for us. So we ended up just bottling very small scale in-house. And then, you know, several years later, we decided to scale it back up again. I think it was probably about 2000, uh, maybe 2010. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, at that point, we were dealing with the, the most of the people in the area were looking at us as the, one of the big restaurants in the area, not necessarily as the brewery in the area. Right. And uh, we had a hard time or had a hard time. Uh, letting people know that, hey, we're the, we're the local brewery. We're not your competition as a restaurant. And slowly but surely, the craft beer industry started to really grow, and more and more restaurants, you know, embraced us and realized that, uh, you know, it's, it's good to have our beer on tap, even if we do have a restaurant down the street, because we are the local brewery, and uh, we've got a core following that would enjoy drinking our beer at any establishment besides just the, the two brewery locations. You know, that's interesting, Jeff, because that's a problem in New Jersey that a lot of brewers are having, that uh, restaurants uh, regard these uh, craft breweries as competition, not necessarily the ones that sell food in their places as well, because obviously in New Jersey, if you're a, bre- if you're a, uh, a brewery, you can't sell um, food, unless you you get a food license and all the other stuff, I don't understand that. You guys, I mean, you guys put out a great product. You do have a you have a fantastic restaurant, but it is smarter to to be working with these people as opposed to being against you know what you guys do. I don't seem to understand that. It's nice to see that you know it it took a little while, but you got a lot of businesses turned around to the to the uh, the fact that you know hey, listen, we brew not only do we make food, but we brew pretty good beer too, and it'd be a boon for your business uh, to have it on tap. So uh, that good kudos to you guys uh, for pushing that envelope. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. And, um, go ahead. Go ahead. The, str- the struggles, I think, are going to continue in, in every state where the brewery uh, boom is taking off because now the, the brewery concept is even smaller. So, you know, we're a 15-barrel brew system, and we probably produce about 1,000 barrels a year out of each location uh, and then additional with off, off, off-site distribution. But the, all the little mom-and-pop breweries that are popping up now, they are, um, they're going to – put those restaurants in the same position where they're they have to make way that decision is it is it uh do i support local or do i do i not and i think the ultimate decision is going to be made by the consumer and uh i think those restaurants that embrace local are going to see the biggest benefits uh, you know in the long run and that's my, my opinion All right. well and and you know and i agree with you on that one i think you know if you're if you're looking for great local fresh craft beer you're going to go to these places to get it because look you can go into your restaurants and fill up a growler or pick up a couple of bottles of something to take home with you it's not just necessarily going there and eat uh as well is that correct that's correct yeah right. 
So, and, and the other question I have for you, Jeff, or my last question here is we're talking with Jeff Fegley, co-owner of Fegley's Brew Works. Two locations, one in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, another in Allentown, Pennsylvania, thebrewworks.com, the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, you guys distribute up there uh, in, in, in Bethlehem and in Allentown and those areas of Pennsylvania. Are you guys still in New Jersey? Uh, and where else is your footprint in and around the, uh, the Northeast? So I'm glad you asked. So we actually are excited to announce that we just uh, – got into a new distributorship in New Jersey. So over the next several months, I think you're going to see our product really work its way through the shore points and throughout the whole state. Um, so that is, is, is big for, for the end of 2017, 2017 and 2018. I think you're going to see a much better presence in New Jersey moving forward. We've got a great beer rep, and we've got a great distributor we're working with. So we're excited for that. And I can also announce, I guess this is probably the first time I'm doing this, but uh, – we are officially in Maryland. Uh, that was about a week and a half ago. We shipped our first shipment of beer to Maryland. Awesome. Um, so we're really excited to see how the, the sales grow in Maryland. And I think for now, that for us, our concept has been to grow organically, slowly, and make sure that we really tackle the areas we're in with great customer service and great tasting liquid. And uh, that's our that's our motto. That we're going to keep going, moving forward here. And I don't see us, you know, extending our distribution much further than that for the next couple of years. Marathon, not a sprint. I like the way it works. That's very cool, Jeff. Uh, we've been talking with Jeff Fegley, the co-owner of Fegley's Brew Works. Two locations: one in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania; another in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Those are the brew pubs and restaurants. Uh, they do tours at the Allentown PA one as well. TheBrewWorks.com, the website for more information. And like he said. New Jersey a little bit later this year, and they've just uh, branched out into Maryland, so you can get beer at those places as well. You know, check your local listings, ask your liquor stores, your bars. They'll get it in there. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thanks, Al. Take care. You got it. When we come back, it's time for Suds and Duds, and that's where I tell you about the beers that I liked this week and the beers that I didn't like. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. If you're a firm believer that education is a top priority in helping shape our children to be the future leaders of tomorrow, then you'll be excited to know that AM 970 The Answer has developed a program to help parents send their children to the best Christian schools in the area. The half-off tuition program is a way for parents to send their children to school at half the cost of the annual tuition. We've partnered up with some of the leading schools in the New York, New Jersey metro area. This is a great way for parents to reduce the costs and still have their children receive a quality education. AM 970 The Answer is also offering each school the opportunity to promote their school with a full radio advertising campaign. This is just our way to say thank you to the parents and schools that already know the importance of a good education. For more information, go to am970theanswer.com and click on the discount tuition banner. Here are just a few of the schools available. Kearney Christian Academy, Christ Our Foundation Learning Center, Gateway Academy. Once again, go to am970theanswer.com for the full listing of schools. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off and to wear a helmet when she rides her bicycle. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Sponsored by the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970. TheAnswer.com.
That's a problem getting to sleep that I have during the week because I have to be up so early in the morning. Welcome back to the final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget we're on iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. And you can download and listen to every single show on whatever platform that you'd like to listen to. A little minute work and a song that is rarely played on American radio, Overkill, is the track from that one. And I believe that is from uh, their first album. It's an interesting story about Men at Work. You all know the song, Down Under, uh, very popular. It was a big top 40 hit. But uh, this was a band that had a number of other hits as well uh, from Australia. And they never really made it big in America, uh, you know, as far as I know. And again, when, when Men at Work came out, I was, I don't know, I was thinking it was like 11 or 12 uh, when when uh, their first album came out, but I remember the cassette tape. I remember buying it. I remember playing it over and over until it got warped and you know and worn out or whatever. Never got a chance to see those guys live. Uh, Ian O'Malley, who's a friend of mine, he's a DJ on another radio station here in New York City. Ian and I go way back. Uh, Ian and I worked together uh, at my first radio job at the old WNEWFM one hundred two point seven, the place where rock lived uh, back in the uh, very early nineties, and. Um, he has always said, Colin Hay, the lead singer uh, from Men at Work, who now does his own solo stuff and tours and does these kind of intimate events at small venues, he, he has always mentioned on the radio, every time he plays Men at Work, that's a guy you have to see in concert. He's amazing. Uh, you know, tells stories, uh, a lot of acoustic stuff, uh, does, you know, a, a bunch of his own solo stuff as well as the Men at Work stuff. But um, definitely somebody that you need to check out. And the next time he's around, I think the last time he was around, I was in the middle of one of my chemo treatments and I couldn't go. But uh, definitely the next time he is in town somewhere, and, he, you know, again, he plays very, very small venues, you know, a couple hundred seats or whatever, I'm definitely going to go check that out. Because Men at Work was a, was a kind of guilty pleasure of mine uh, in the early 80s before I really, you know, discovered heavy metal and rock and, and all that other stuff. But uh, Overkill, an interesting song that uh, not many people, uh, you know, play on the radio anymore. I was actually listening to it uh, on satellite radio earlier this week when I was coming into work. Uh, on their uh, first wave alternative channel on uh, Sirius XM. So kind of sparked me to uh, to play it here. But it's the final segment of the program. We like to call it Suds and Duds, where I tell you about the various beers that I've had over the past week, and I tell you if it is a Suds, which is something that I like, or whether it's a Dud, maybe something that I don't particularly like. And again, it's a subjective list. What I may like, you may uh, you may not like, and, and vice versa. So, again, take it with a grain of salt. It's not, you know, an end-all or a Bible that says, you know, listen, you know, you should be drinking these things and not drinking these things. So uh, let's kick it off. So International Beer Day was last Friday uh, the 4th. It was IPA Day on the 3rd, International Beer Day on the 4th. I don't get all the beer days, but listen, whatever. Uh, it's an excuse to imbibe a little bit. So um, had a uh, a German beer from Hofbrau, a Hofbrau original, um, which is a Hofbrauhaus Munchen. Um, this is really this wasn't bad. Uh, nice German beer, light, refreshing. Um, you know, just something to, to kind of cleanse the palate a little bit. Nothing, uh, you know, nothing special about this one. You know, decent. I. I Suds or a duds? I mean, it's again. I, I think it's uh, to me, it's a lawnmower beer, um, one that you drink real quick and not really memorable. So um, I, I kind of put this one in the middle. It's not exactly the best beer I've ever had. It's not exactly the worst beer I've ever had. 
So I, I would say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm kind of hedging my bet on that one. If you if you find Hofbrau and you want something that's light, it's a more like a Hella's Lager. Um, definitely pick it up. If not, if that's not your thing, then don't get it. You know. Now, uh, surprisingly enough, I thought I had checked in on this one, and apparently I I did not after doing my research. Doom by Founders. Now, Founders has put out some really good beers this year. In fact, Founders puts out a lot of great beer, uh, to be honest with you. Founders is one of my personal favorites. And um, this one that they came out with uh, earlier this year, I had had on tap, I'd had in the bottle, uh, but never really checked in on it on uh, Untapped. And if you want to follow me on Untapped, very easy. Just go to Untapped, U-N-T-A-P-P-D.com. Uh, uh, and you can look for me under Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, and you can follow me from there. This was really good, uh, the Doom from uh, Founders. Uh, great Imperial IPA, but the kiss of caramel on the back end. It's aged in bourbon barrels, so you get a little bit of the bourbon flavor, but it's not too overpowering. But the caramel at the end of it, after you drink it, and you kind of get it in the back of your throat, is fantastic. And at first, when it hit me, I was kind of like, oh, is that caramel? Like, I had to take another sip or two just to make sure that that's what I was tasting. And, and it, that is exactly what it is. And it is fantastic. Doom, it's in, uh, they have it in 22-ounce bottles. They also have it, I believe it's in four packs as well. Definitely get the 22-ounce bottle. Share it with a few people. It's a very high ABV. So it's definitely not something, unless you're sitting at home and you want to drink, you know, the, the, the whole bottle in one sitting. I would definitely, this is one that you break open with a couple of friends and everybody kind of gets a share uh, and a pour. Definitely worth uh, the the price of admission on that one. Doom by Founders. As we continue on, on the Suds and Duds segment here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer. And then I moved on to another do, uh, another Founders beer, uh, the DKML. This one is, boy, let me tell you something. Uh, on the um, on the label, it tells you, kicks you where you, know, where you expect it. And they are 100% right on this one. Very, very boozy. The bourbon and malt flavors right up front in the nose and in the taste. Very smooth going down, but at 14.5% ABV for a 12-ounce bottle, this is a real kick in the rear end. I mean, I'm telling you, I was sipping this one, and this was I think it was just the one that I had for the evening because it was one of those I knew it was going to be boo- heavy booze-wise, and I really wasn't in the mood to Im- imbibe in a couple of different beers. And if I'm going to do that, I'd, ra- I'd rather go with a low ABV than a high ABV. So this was the only one that I had for the evening. And, boy, let me tell you something. At 14.5%, after I was done sipping this and let it warm up a little bit and, you know, to get those bourbon flavors out instead of having it ice cold. Because that's kind of when it's a bourbon-based beer, that's what you want to do. You want it to warm up. It's, even if it's an IPA, which IPAs usually I like to drink colder. Um, but in this instance, when it's, when it's got bourbon in it, you want it to warm up to get those bourbon flavors. When bourbon is ice cold, ice cold in a beer – you kind of you don't get it. It's weak. It ends up being weak, at least in my opinion. I, I don't know how you feel, but um, definitely it's weak when it's colder. So when it's a little bit warmer, more like in the upper 50s uh, to low 60s, that's when you really start to taste that bourbon and you really imp- those, those flavors really impart uh, as you're drinking them. So this is a great beer, DKML by Founders, but it's very, very boozy. I'm just going to warn you right off the bat. If you find the bottle, it just came out about a, a, probably about, I would say, 45 to 60 days ago. If you find one, uh, definitely this is one that you have to take your time uh, drinking because it's very, very boozy. Again, 14.5%. As we continue on here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer, our final segment, our Suds and Duds segment. Then I was over at Aruga's Grill House 
which is a chain restaurant uh, over on uh, Route 22 in North Plainfield. I have to tell you, uh, what a great little chain. We're trying to get over there uh, to get a beer cast uh, up and running, and I hope the folks from Arugas are listening because let me tell you something. This is a great place, great sports bar, lots of TVs, a lot of menu selections, a lot of menu selections. I ended up with a bowl of uh, quinoa and um, uh, grilled chicken and shrimp with a little uh, you know, Korean barbecue sauce and some vegetables and stuff. Could have just as easily had a burger on a donut. Uh, it, is, it is a really great place. Very large tap selection. Uh, started off with a Dirt Wolf Double IPA by Victory Brewing. Uh, nicely done, smooth, great bite. Hard to believe it's a double IPA. Went down real nice. And then I had a Stone Delicious IPA uh, over there. And, you know, like I said, always a great beer from Stone. They do a fantastic job of putting stuff out. This is a nice, hearty IPA uh, that really goes down smooth. And then uh, I finished off the evening. I'll get back to Arugas in a second. I finished off the evening that night with an 11th anniversary uh, by Port Brewing Company. It's a a double IPA. Hoppy and very piney. Was not liking this one as much as I thought I would. I thought I was going to – I was expecting a different taste out of this, and I, I didn't get that. Um, this one I would classify as a dud s- simply because of the fact that the, the what I expected and what I got were two entirely different things, and I really wasn't happy about that. I really didn't want all of that pine-forward uh, kind of taste. I wanted more of a juice bomb. I wanted it more juicy than piney, and unfortunately that it didn't deliver on this one. I love a lot of stuff that Port Brewing does. Uh, this one just didn't uh, hit the mark for me. So, sorry, guys. But to get back to Arugas real quick, the one thing I was disappointed in Arugas, again, like I said, great tap selection. The bottle selection is eh, okay. It's decent. It's mostly run of the mill stuff. Um, you know, Budweiser, Coors Light, Light, you know, Miller Light, that kind of stuff. The one thing I was disappointed in with Arugas, I wanted to try their house beer, their, their lager, uh, which is actually made, for those who don't know, by Boston Beer, Sam Adams. They actually make it specifically for Arugas. They didn't have it. They were out of it. I was a little disappointed in that. It's your signature beer. You should really have it on tap. I'm shocked that it, that they ran out and on a Saturday night didn't have any any more available. That was a little disappointing to me. But there's always next time. But Aruga's a great place. Check it out if you're in New Jersey, North Plainfield, uh, right on Route 22 East. Uh, there's a Costco right next door. You can't miss it. It's a big place. Uh, lots of great food, lots of different menu choices, and again, a fantastic beer menu and a great drink menu as well. Shop menu. They have all kinds of great stuff. Really cool place to go and see. And the other thing that was really unique, they have plugs at every table so that you can charge your phones. Kind of cool. Folks, we're out of time. Amazing how fast this hour goes. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Chuck Williamson, the owner-operator of Butternuts Beer and Ales, Jeff Fegley, the co-owner of Fegley's Brewworks, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.